we trivialize sex as though it's not that important. But when you're sharing this, you're sharing like, you know, we're talking about core wounds here and the, the healing from them. Like you're sharing your deepest vulnerabilities. And if your partner totally not just accepts them, but celebrates them, the level of bonding that happens in the face of that is profound, you know. So this is really important Such for intimacy. And I think the other thing that I want to say that's really important is a lot of couples, like they have really hot sex in the beginning because it's new and the honeymoon period and they're like uncertain and is it, you know, and they just like everything feels like a turn on because it's a new person. But for sex to last in long-term relationships, you have to do this core desire work. Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. I'm Dr. Emily, and on today's show, I'm joined by longtime friends and co-founders of the Somatica Institute, Celeste Hirschman and Danielle Harrell, to talk about their new book, Coming Together. Topics include core desires. What are they? How do you figure out your own? And how will they help your sex life? Creating your hottest sexual movie. Okay, you're not going to make a literal movie. Okay, you're not going to make an actual movie, but trust me, this is a great practice for your fantasies. And also a lesson in sexual breathing so you can actually breathe along with us and it helps orgasm. And how to become more sexually compatible with your partner. All this and more. Thanks for listening. So let me tell you about my first time buying a sex toy. I was 22 years old living in San Francisco and I walked into a local shop called Good Vibrations. It really blew my mind. I mean, I pictured sex toy stores to be these dark, dingy places but it was so open and well lit. It was like an Apple store for vibrators. So I walk in and one of the workers approached me and she immediately put me at ease. She was like, hi, so let's talk about your orgasms. You would think a stranger asking that would make you nervous, but she immediately made me feel so comfortable and helped me figure out what would be best for me. Thank you, Pocket Rocket. At the time, I wasn't even aware that my life would also become devoted to helping people with orgasms and sex or that I'd be fortunate enough to work with Good Vibrations later down the line. This is why I am so excited to have you guys get to know them as well, if you don't already. I mean, they do run some of the best and most respected adult boutiques in the country. And now with their online store, you get to have that same shopping experience and expertise without ever leaving your house. Seriously, guys, they just know quality. I mean, if they have it in their store, I trust it. And if they don't, I have to question it a bit more. It's not just me that feels this way. I can't stress enough the standard they set in the industry. And I'm even more excited because now Good Vibrations runs the Shop with Emily page on my website. So be on the lookout for some great sex toys and sexy announcements. To see everything Good Vibrations has to offer, just go to sexwithemily.com slash goodvibrations. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash G-O-O-D-V-I-B-R-A-T-I-O-N-S. Look into his eyes. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean? Like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. Well, you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, check out sexwithemily.com. It's going to help you change your life. And find me on all social media. It's at sexwithemily across the board. All right, guys, enjoy the show. 
All right, I'm so excited to welcome my guests today. They are longtime friends of the show and teachers of mine and teachers to many. And I know that you're all going to get a lot from this episode as I do every time I speak with them. So welcome. Danielle Harrell, PhD, and Celeste Hirschman, MA, are the co-creators of the Somatica Method of Sex and Relationship Coaching, which I took the training. Uh, And the co-founders of the Somatica Institute, they co-authored three books, which I've read all of them, Making Love Real, Cockfidence, freaking love that still. Every time I'm like, Cockfidence, get it? Uh, And most recently, Coming Together, which is just out like this week. So I, yeah, I did their course. I fell in love with them. I think they have so much to offer you. And a lot of us have, so many people have learned a ton through them. And what I think is so great about your work is that you really are able to um, tap into things around sexuality that um, goes beyond words. So a lot of what Somatica is, is about being embodied, being in our bodies. What do we actually feel? What do we actually desire? So in your words, and I'd love you to just explain what is Somatica? Yeah, Somatica is an experiential method of sex and relationship coaching where we go into mutual vulnerability with our clients. And so they get to practice in real time erotic and emotional connection. And we kind of like break it down into step by step, you know, sort of like learnable pieces. I don't think there's a lot of places to go to learn, like, how do you share your feelings with someone on a deep level where the feelings are going in both directions? Or how do you share your erotic energy and actually bring arousal and seduction? So we teach that step by step. Yeah, let's talk about erotic energy then. Like, how would you even explain erotic energy? No, it sounds so elusive, right? It does. What is erotic energy? But when we talk about erotic energy, we talk about this life force that if we let ourselves really tap into it and feel it, we it's kind of like kind of like the source of energy that moves us in the world. But it's not only a mental idea. It's not only like a a feeling or like connecting to the world through feelings. It's really letting yourself connect to the world through your pussy and your cock. Okay. And we don't often really know how to do that. Now, a lot of how we start with that is breath. Would you say that's a great place to start? Absolutely. I think we should, I'd love to do a little quick breath exercise right now. And I want all the listeners to do this because I'm telling you, this is not some wooey stuff. This is actually going to help you get grounded and centered and tap into what we're talking about, about the erotic energy. And if you can't do it now, I get it. You're driving, you're making dinner. Uh, Rewind and go back and do this later. Okay. So should we just do a few of them? Breaths? You want to lead us? So take a breath. You can close your eyes. You don't have to. But start by taking a breath through your mouth all the way down to your chest. Inhale. And exhale. And the next breath, take a breath into your stomach. And exhale. And the next breath, take a breath into your pelvic floor. And exhale. And let yourself feel when you inhale, kind of squeeze your pelvic floor muscles as if you're trying to stop yourself from peeing. So we're going to inhale and squeeze and exhale and let go. Ah. Inhale and squeeze and exhale and let go. That's good. 
Okay, so why I love that, that's such a great setup for your book, Coming Together, which is out right now, and that is that this whole book is about, like if they're speaking of the erotic energy, by tensing and relaxing your, your pelvic floor or your kegel muscles, which men and women can do, that is the source of the energy. That is how you're going to get connected to this part of your, our bodies that we're all so disconnected from. Even myself, it's my work. Believe me, I've had days where I'm like, I haven't masturbated yet. I haven't had sex in a while, you know? And it also just helps ground you in day-to-day life. But we're not, I think that a lot of what I do on the show is I'm giving people tips and I'm talking. But the missing link is so often just that we have to get into our bodies and breathe. And what I love is in your book, which is so great that you are really honing in on this, this, this theme of our core erotic theme. And by doing this breath, I know it's one of your first exercises, then you can start to explore. Let's talk about the why you why you're writing this new book and focusing on what that core erotic theme is. Yeah, so people come into our office all the time. They have low desire. They have erectile dysfunction. They're in a sexless marriage, and they're like, "What's wrong?" They're searching for the answer. You know, a lot of times women will be like, "Maybe it's my hormones" or something like that, and they haven't even thought about. You know, we're talking about physiological arousal with the breath and squeezing the muscles, but they haven't thought about psychological arousal. Like, what makes our brain turned on, and what do we? Why do we even have sex? Because it isn't just to get an orgasm right like the best sex if you think about it is it's like there's this story that goes along with it like all of these things happen and they made you feel particular ways and that's what people need to be talking about when they're talking about sex what do they want to feel from sex that's like step one and we call that their core desires and so that's why it's about finding your core desires Um, and then once you know what you want to feel from sex, then you want to know like what kind of sex you want to have. And this is what we call your hottest sexual movie. And so the book really paints a picture of like all of the challenges that people have and how learning about your core desires and your hottest sexual movie and then really teaching each other how to give it to one another get you know gets you to your hottest, highest sexual connections. Well, what I love about this is let's go. So the first step is really like, what do you want to feel during sex? Which I think is such a great way to capture this idea is that, We don't often think we're like, I want to feel good. I want to feel connected. I want an orgasm. I want to be comfortable. But you're talking about, no, deeper, go deeper. What do you want to feel? Mm -hmm. And it almost gives you so much permission once you realize like that's an option. Mm -hmm. There's a way that I can choose to feel. And then once I figure that out, I'll know what turns me on. Because then we'll get into why fantasies are important, all of that. But let's talk about some of these feelings, like learning, like what what do I want to feel during sex? Mm -hmm. How do I know? Yeah, and I, and again, like, as you said, Emily, like, most people don't think about sex this way, and I think this is what's so new and exciting about this book, that people exactly. don't look at why do I go and have sex, what's my motivation, and we do go to have sex when we when we have sex we really want to feel something we want to feel and everyone want to feel something different therefore the one size fits all scenes that we see on tv are not necessarily right for everyone right even though they try to sell it to us again and again right right what we see well, what we see in movies are important you mean just like two people together they literally come together right or they seem like miraculously they <laughs> right. did you notice that all the time the sex is good. And I was like, did did you ever see a bad sexual experience <laughs> in the movies? Never. Yeah. No. Yes. <laughs> exactly, right? It's, I'm always shocked. Like, wow, and they really had a great sexual experience. Anyways. Every, every time. <laughs> yeah. Which is why another reason added to the list of why we're so messed up of how we think sex should really go down. Mm-hmm. Totally. So what we want to feel is actually something that we, uh, it's kind of like a medicine 
to a lot of our hurts growing up. And as we are, and it's something that we kind of want to feel in many other places in our life too, but sex is an opportunity for us to really play with those materials and get a good resolution to it. That we get to play with materials that we have tension around them, mm-hmm. and that creates some erotic good tension, and we, we get resolution. So if can some, you some examples? Sure. If uh, someone want to feel um, if someone did not get a lot of attention growing up, right? So in sex, they can go and really get like feel like she's the goddess, and she's going to get a lot of attention, and people are going to seduce her, and she's going to be the center of the scene. That's like. A good I'm raising my hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And there, there can be many, many different feelings, right? And uh, some of them can be, I want to feel accepted, or I want to feel desired, or I want to feel degraded, or I want to feel in control. And typically it goes back to our childhood. Yeah. I mean, I know for myself, I want to feel powerful. Um, and I think when I was a young person, there was ways of where my childhood was very chaotic and one parent would leave and the other parent would leave. And I think there was a part of me that thought like I should be powerful enough to keep them there, you know? And so I think my fantasy is all about like power and the way that I feel powerful in sex is I feel special. So when somebody treats me like I'm the most precious or the most amazing or like they're giving me all of their attention or then I, then I feel very powerful and I feel like, okay, they're staying, you know? So it's almost like it's a, it's a, a bomb for my abandonment fears, right. um, and it really it's and it's really arousing because it's like oh yes this is it like <laughs> I've and this got was it. a process for you to figure out like oh, yeah. you want to feel powerful. So for example, I just pulled up this list here of all the words you may feel from your book. I'm going to give you guys a few like loved, calm, degraded, powerful, free, precious, beautiful, connected, considered, collaborative, um, exploitive, manipulative, adventuresome, ravished, seen, dissolved shamed, impressive, valued, adored. I mean, it goes on, Mm -hmm. which is so great because if people are at a loss, I mean, when you get the book, you'll be like, oh, you guys walk everyone through with exercises. But I want to say to you, so you know that you want to be powerful and you want to feel special. special. So would you say that you never actually want to feel generous or in sexually? Like it doesn't ever come. You're like, oh, look, today I want to be submissive. It's pretty much special and powerful. I think it all comes back to feeling special, but sometimes I get feel special by being generous. Right. Right, but then the person gets something that they want and then I feel like I've given them something that they haven't gotten anywhere else. So that would be what was generating my generosity. Right. So it's not that you're never generous, but those are the still what I'm saying is those are still the yeah. two words that are like your your north star. Exactly. That's what it comes back to. Okay. And then I'm going to ask um, sure, I'm Danielle. Happy. Yeah, I'm happy to share. So for me, uh, I thought it was a process because I thought that I wanted to feel desired. And uh, I still do want to feel desired. But if you really, really narrow it down, I really do want to feel powerful. But my, my way of feeling powerful is feeling fully accepted and feeling that my body is so amazing that my partner partner partners can get so much pleasure just by touching it and making me orgasm and feel great. So they get their pleasure through my pleasure and that's my experience of being powerful and accepted. Yes. I feel that. I think we can relate to both of these so much. And that comes from childhood as well. Yeah, definitely. I did not feel uh, very accepted growing up. I got a lot of judgment around how I looked. And there was a lot of correction of who I am. So if, if a lover is going to try and correct me, is out. 
Right. <laughs> in the happening. bedroom? If he's in the bedroom. No corrections from me. Wow. And you, and I'm sure you let them know ahead of time. Uh, yeah, I'm very There will be no correcting. Direct. There will be no correcting. Well, see, it's, it's so freeing, though, to know that we can take these, you know, childhood wounds and that they become our eroticism. But since so many people don't want to do the work, as we say, um, how do we get them there? Like you, if you read the book, for example, the process is... Um, like, you know what I'm saying? If, if I've done, been in therapy my, pretty much my entire life. So I understand like I had to raise myself and I was independent and in survival mode and I want to feel accepted and loved and adored. I'm not sure which one of these I have to pick where I'm at now, but how do we go there if we've just kind of closed off all of our pain? You know, you never have to go to therapy to get these high turn-ons. And we take you through the book sort of like, how do you get, because your fantasies are the clue. You know, so even if you don't know what the wounds are and you never figure out what the wounds are, your fantasies show you what the turn-ons are. Okay. Um, and you might get a lot of healing from your core wounds without ever having to go to therapy if you have the sex that you're looking Ooh, for. Amazing. Yeah, because there's such a deep self-acceptance that comes from it. Your worth goes up. You feel um, in control of your life in a different way if you really get these fantasies met. And so it's very healing even if you don't go to therapy. Oh, I love this. Yeah. Okay, so the first thing we would do is we'd identify how we want to feel during sex. And then we do some breath work in the book, right? We kind of talked to each other about that. And then you, what's the next step? Um, I mean, you have to read the book. We're yeah. not going to do the whole thing. Oh, don't I'm worry. Just under, I want to get to core. Yeah. I want, yeah. But, but I really want to say that I think what's also really important about reading the book, and therefore also what we find that's very powerful about the training as well, is that people get exposure to different kinds of ideas that they didn't, you know, like we give you a palette of ideas because people don't know even where to look, right. you know, and then they start to see different ideas and different options and it, it like triggers for them possibilities they did not think about before. And it also, our really biggest, biggest goal is to reduce shame. Yes. Because so many things are okay and people fantasize and want to do so many things. So we want to really like yeah we all have childhood wounds let's see how we make the best out of it and how we like use fantasy and sexuality in a way that allows us to feel great about ourselves instead instead of feeling like we need to go into hiding and feel ashamed about ourselves and i love what you're saying about we don't even know what's on the menu when people Mm -hmm. call some people have elaborate fantasies some people have zero fantasies they just know they want to spice it up that they're bored and in starting with that, when I, I give them stuff like on the website, I have like the yes, no, maybe list. Like here's some suggestions. Do you want spanking? Yes, no, maybe. But that's, you know, what I can do. I can provide different forms and things. But you guys also provide examples for that in the book and in life because people, I think people feel so lost and shamed around sexuality that they think it's their job to fix it. But they also don't know how to talk to their partner. So they're trying to sort it all out. So, so what are some of the... Um, do we even dare say common examples that have helped led people towards finding their core theme? Well, I think what we do in the book is we take you through tons of different possible ways. Everything from like what movies turn you on to books to what are your fantasies to visualization. So we have so many ways to approach you discovering this about yourself. Plus, it's just full of people's stories, our stories, stories from our clients, you know, people that we know who've been willing to share their stories with us. And so it gets that imagination flowing and you start to go, oh, I could ask for that during sex. Wow, that didn't even occur to me that I could ask for that during sex. And then you start to sort of like 
right. get to to a sense of what you want. But we really rail against this one size fits all approach. There's so many teachers out there who are like, you know, do this particular kind of sex or do this particular kind of sex. And then anybody who doesn't fit into that is like, well, this doesn't turn me on. There must be something wrong with me. Right. But we're like, no, you need to figure out what turns you on. It doesn't matter what anyone else wants. Right. And it's so true. I feel like we feel so like there is a one size fits all. Like if I do Tantra, then I'll be at one with myself and my partner. If I get into kink or I get into other things, but it's really, I feel like in your book, it's sort of a, um, a shortcut. Like you won't waste as much time figuring out because it starts, everything starts with us. Totally. And if you have the spiritual movie, Tantra will be the place where you will blossom, right? But if you're kinky, then you need to be, you know, in a dungeon or somewhere else. Right? <laughs> exactly. So it's Tantra like you will not feel good. Exactly. So you really have to find the right place for you and then and then your particular expressions. And the more specific you get about what you want, the better it gets. Like, what are the exact words that I want to hear during sex? Right. You know, like and I can tell my partner that and how do I want them to touch me and where and when and what's the buildup and, and and then what do I want to do before sex that gets me all excited? You know, because sometimes it's not like what we're doing in the bedroom, but it's like, I want to be... It's the lead up. Yeah. It's the tease. It's yeah. all those things, right? Keeping your pilot light lit, as you totally. say. And for so, some people, what you're talking about, all the tips, there are people that really want to feel adventurous and they like novelty. And that's something that is their core desires is to try different things they will be like they would want to get all the tips and tricks they would want to try everything on the palette you know that's what turns them on to try different things right which i think a lot of couples when we hear of like boredom in the bedroom like they they are just there's nothing novel there's nothing new there's nothing exciting so we are constantly looking yeah for ways that could work again everything's novel until it's not yeah, but it's really, I think they're looking, they think they're looking for novelty, but what they're looking for is to find their core desire and their particular hottest sexual movie. And that's the conversation. Like I saw you have, communication is lubrication, but what do we need to communicate about? And that's what this book is all about. Like, the, So you dial down like right away, okay, what do you want to feel? And what things do you do or do you want to have happen to you that make you feel that way? And then you have, what I love is oh, then you have the tools on how to communicate that with a partner because what stops a lot of people from going on this journey is that they're like, they might even know, have an inkling of what they want, but like, I'm never going to go down that path because if I tell my partner, they're going to leave me. Totally. So they don't even do the exploration, but a lot of your work is about first embodying it, understanding it, and then here's the right way or here's a, 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 an effective way to communicate it. So you're both winning. It's not like... But what about in couples where one partner is doing the work and the other isn't? Yeah, so the third part of our book is all about compatibility and how to create compatibility. Um, and we have different ways of communicating and creating compatibility and finding what works. And I think we, we help people talk about their core desires and the hottest sexual movie. So the core desire is the feeling that they want to feel and the hottest sexual movie is the how they want to play it out, you know, like from the words to the energy to, Let's you know, talk the about acts. some hot sexual movies. Do you have one? You can give us examples. We have plenty. Okay. <laughs> we have endless examples. I know you do. This is why I love it. I just want people to understand that like, that it's kind of like your 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 fantasy that you you put together after knowing what your deep yearnings are. Yeah, and I and it and it is interesting because, for example, you can have the same feeling, but you will need a completely diff, different movie to create the feeling. So, for example, for someone, I'll go back to feeling special. I don't know why I'm up yeah. for that today. Yeah. So, if someone want to feel special, for some person, feeling special might feel like I want to be 
tied down and really my partner to take as much time as it takes to make sure they tie me well and take really, really good care of me as they're doing that. That makes me feel special. For someone else, it might be more romantic and they're going to want to hear like words of uh, words of how amazing and special they are and how, you know, eternal the connection is. And it can look, you know, so the hardest sexual movie has its own importance. So what you want to feel is the essential. This is like the the grain. That's where everything starts. But then creating an elaborate movie that feels very different from one person to another, even if they have the same core desire, can, fe- can is really important. It's like writing our own sexual narrative. Yeah. 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 That makes so yeah. much sense. Well, what I loved about your training was it's been, I was in 2016, so four years ago. They have your training, Somatica training, um, has really grown a lot just since then, which I yes. think it really shows that people are craving um, and hungry for this kind of work because just talking, I think, it doesn't help us get into our bodies where a lot of this energy and trauma and desire is just stuck. Mm-hmm. And so what I loved about that training was just learning like, oh, I can n- navigate I can, you know, learn how to navigate rejection or how to, if someone approaches me physically, how to kind of, you know, what, you know, touching for my own pleasure, touching for their pleasure, diffusing touch, letting people know that I'm not ready for their sexual advances now, but it doesn't mean never. I mean, there's just so much I learned, you guys. It was five weeks. What was it? How many days was I there? A year? <laughs> we we're moved doing, in we're together. Doing, we're doing 16 days now. Yeah. I just put up 76 pages of notes for 2016 before they came in there. I was like, whoa, I learned a lot. So let's talk about your training because it is open for sex therapists and coaches, but just people who want to become more in touch with themselves. Right? Yeah, and I think what's really powerful about this training is that you get to see, first, you again, the deshamifying quality of it is very powerful because you hear people and you think people, you know, like have the same story or everyone else's, you know, everyone else's better than you. But you come to this training and you see people are just people, you know, and you see, get exposure to variety of turn-ons and variety of ways that people are. And it it's amazing. It gives people a lot of freedom and a lot of um, support to feel okay about themselves. It right. also gives you a lot of mirrors to be able to see who you are. In and, on someone else. In someone else. Yeah, in a eyes. very loving, supportive. Yeah. Yeah, so much of it is about shame that you don't even know that you had. Mm-hmm. Or trauma or fears. I mean, it would come up for me all the time. I mean, I even remember the first exercise, the first day, and here I am in Splinter Group. I think I was in your group, Danielle. And the first assignment, I think it was groups of 12. Yeah. And you, what we had to do was, we just had to turn and look at the person next to us in the eye for, what, a minute or two? Something Five like minutes? That. Yeah. I was like, hell no. First of all, I don't like breaking into groups. I don't <laughs> want to look in anyone's eyes. I'm wondering if I get a flight back to LA. <laughs> like, can any of those things happen, right? And then I turned and I was looking at someone next to me and I remember we just looked at each other and I was I was super anxious at first and I was like, oh. And then I just felt this like calm acceptance and like it just sort of, I, I just, my whole, I felt it, I remember feeling it through my body, like this warmth of like the anxiety dissipate into connection and feeling like this is going to be okay. This is really going to be a safe place for me. And that was day one. Mm. And then day by day, you know, the next day I'm throwing people against the wall and showing them <laughs> how I want to take them. I'm like, this is just, where it went to was crazy. But what I love is that it's, mm-hmm. you know, clothes on. Yeah. yeah. 
so we're not getting naked. There's not orgies. Maybe after hours. I was too tired. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. But I, it really wasn't about that. It's really learning how to communicate on every level about what you want, what someone else is. So I learned just so much through that as well as working with the other students. I've made some of my closest friends there too. You know, it's really friendships for a lifetime because you're going through it together in a way that like you're never you are going deep and so um i'm wondering like i'm sure i mean everyone has their own experiences in it but i just somatica training they could check it out in your site it's this is all in the show will be in the show notes as well all right we're going to take a quick break and we come back even more celeste and danielle okay you guys know that my show is all about making sex and everything that goes along with it easier to talk about and I'm going to be honest, that includes your period. I mean, it's something that 50% of us experience and we don't talk about it either, even with other women. I mean, we might just say like, I have my period, but like, you know, we don't really like get into how we're feeling about it. We just complain. Yeah. I mean, we never talk to our partners. No. And like my roommate was like trying to do something nice. He was going to like do my laundry for me. And I was like, oh no, I'm good. Cause I'm like, I have like no offense, but like women, we get stains on our underwear sometimes, pe- honestly. Yeah. The period underwear. Well, uh, Jame. This is a game changer, you guys. If you haven't heard of Thinks, they're period-proof underwear you can use to back up or even replace other methods. Thinks absorbs up to four tampons worth of your flow without leaks, stains, or odor. Wait, wait, what? Yeah. This is a thing? I know. Okay, so my friend Shirley told me about them. She was like, I got Thinks for me and my daughter. I was like, what do you mean? Same thing. And they're like, yeah, you wear them and it like has a special material where it doesn't drip through. Like you really don't have to worry about it. Because she was like, if I friggin' go to work again with like stains on my pants. And so it really works. Like it just sort of... I feel we're Evaporates. all yeah we're all conscious too I'm like oh my especially even if I have my tampon in I'm like am I oh, yeah. I'm I like I'm am I smelling I feel like I'm I good know. I don't know there's no odor it's this really super cool material and they're not big they're not bulky you know like instead of like tossing out your pads or tampons you just toss the things you put them in the wash and then you reuse them They've been a game changer for so many women I know. If you've periods, you have to try Thinks. Check them out for yourself. Go to periodbetter.com. Use code EMILY. Save $10 on your first pair. Just try one pair, you guys, and you are going to love them. That's periodbetter.com. And use code EMILY to save $10 today. Anyone in a relationship should communicate more. But one of the most important things you should absolutely be talking about is using more lube in the bedroom. You know I'm all about lube. That's why I want to tell you guys about Pure Lube. Because, okay, it is seriously next level. I've been obsessed with this brand for years. I'm a huge fan, which is why I'm so excited to be working with them. They have a ton of different formulas that are great for either exploring a new toy and making sure time with your partner is just that much more pleasurable. Pure's original formula lets you feel much more touch and sensation. It even works great as a massage gel or check out their aqua water-based lube, which is super moisturizing and gets completely absorbed into your skin, leaving you feeling so silky and smooth. It's just, you love it. You don't have to wash it off. It's not like sticky. But the best part, their products all use medical grade ingredients and are completely hypoallergenic. So get that conversation started and bring Pure Lube into the bedroom. To try Pure for yourself, go to sexwithemily.com slash pure. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash P-J-U-R today. What are some common issues that people come to you about and then how do you work with them? Yeah, I think the top three are for women, low desire, for men, erectile dysfunction, and for couples, sexless marriage, low sex marriage, loss of spark, you know, that whole set of issues of like, how do we, we had, sometimes it's like, we had great sex at the beginning, now it's terrible, or we never had great sex at all, how do we 
achieve that. And um, and I think that's a big piece that we that we cover in the book around compatibility because I think people think compatibility is something you're just supposed to have and it's like automatic. And so many couples feel so much shame and like they're failure because they're not just falling into bed together and everything's going perfectly like we see in the movies, right? But that's not like that's why you have to have this step by step conversation where you figure out what do I want and then you really have to teach not just tell somebody what you want because if I say to you be more romantic with me it's like what does that even look like okay but if I say you know I want you to look in my eyes and I want you to take a deep breath with me and I want you to gently caress the side of my face and then when you kiss me like come in kind of slow and don't just stick your tongue in my mouth right away but like kiss me softly right like if you're just yeah. like don't step you have by a list step you send guys that when you I have date a list them. of sentences okay. <laughs> so she dates men and sends a list to them of what she wants but I had the best sentence to make maybe one of my best sentences ever it was like having my full hottest sexual movie in one sentence a student came up to me and he was talking to me at the end of the class and thanking me for all he had learned and he said you know Celeste you're every woman and I was like ta-da I'm in love with you now (laughs) special no no he's just a student but I can't date my students but I was you know I can fall in love with them just from afar it's true you are I mean the way that you so let's talk about that for a bit because I think it's such a good point where people are I mean I get hundreds of questions a day from listeners they email they call into the show and that that's specifically they're like I told my partner to initiate more and they never do and I was like, well, what, you have to explain. What does that look like when they initiate? How, what's the best case scenario for that? Or, you know, what make it so we just often, I think you're so right that we think sex should be effortless. We should never have to work at it. And when we do, there's a problem and it's probably my fault. I think a lot of women are like, it's my fault. Yes. I guess men do it too, but I'm yeah. shameful. It's because I gained weight or it's because I'm not sexy or it's because I'm just a failure. And that's not the case at all. It's just that what you guys are bringing to light here, Celeste and Danielle, is that, is that it does take work. But it's the kind of work, like we work on everything else in our life that we prioritize. Being good parents, being good friends, being a good boss. But yet when it comes to sex, we still think it's like this thing in the ether that we can't quite control. And so all the work that you do with Somatica is really like, no, it doesn't have, it's not some magical thing. There's like a a method to this. Yeah. And it's not just telling because we need to actually show each other, you know, like not just say, so I told you my whole list, but then I'm going to show, I'm going to do it to my partner. And then I'm going to have them do it back to me. So they really get like the lightness of the touch and what does the eye contact look like? And I think that's a piece that's often left out, even in the communication part, because it's like not just talk, but like actually experientially show your partner what you want them to do for you. And what does an initiation look like that would work the best for you? And even if you do show it to your partner, even five times or even 50 times, they might not get it right. Okay, because what what I see a lot in my office and a lot with students is that we kind of go around with our lens all the time and with our filters and we feel that what we like, the other person must like too. So even if we're told something, we can only do it a little bit like in a way that's right for us. And it's not always going to fit the other person. So that's why we talk a lot about compatibility, because it's it is finding those places that we can bridge and we can create something that works for both of us or or understanding the differences and not like looking at it as if like oh you're not trying hard or you should try harder or you should do something different because 
there's something important about like knowing what you want we have a, we have an idea of what would it look like we're not always gonna get it exactly the same way I'm saying it and I'm very picky like it for me yeah. like it's really hard for me to accept things that are not exactly the way I see it in my movie right you know? like, so training it wasn't rose petals yeah and it's like right. the pace and the breath and the you know everything has its own pace and and my partner needs to be very patient and they need to like not take it personally as criticism you know like there's a lot of just like positive reinforcement about everything they're doing right and so a lot of like saying right. like hey that felt really good can you try in this angle too or can you try it a little you know like in, can the, you moment. Try? in the moment in the I moment. teach a lot in the moment I don't do a lot of talking ahead of time because my experience it doesn't really work it works for some people but I'm so specific that like teaching ahead of time well is, I always say don't because well, this is okay let me draw this distinction yeah. because I always say don't have the sex talk in the bedroom and what I'm talking about is the initial talk of like what's wrong with our sex life and you never initiate and all this yeah, stuff because that's where most people are <laughs> but where you're at is like we're talking about refine 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 yes. it's like almost being great athletes mm-hmm. like you're not going to get but but once people are in the bedroom and you're saying like little bit slower I love when you were just kissing my neck so gently right there that kind of stuff is like you're already in that dance with your partner co-creating an amazing sexual experience so they know you're going to be talking like that but if you just wake up tomorrow with your partner having sex and you're like I don't know and maybe you could be like could you touch me a little bit more here yeah they might like that but what I find is most couples have never talked about sex that when I've had people call in and say my partner asked me something differently he must be having an affair so that's why it's like you guys are so in it, and I feel like the way Celeste and da- Danielle are doing it are like the way that I so wish the entire universe could learn, but where most people are starting is just in a completely different, like they have never talked about sex, and if they have, perhaps they were shamed for it, or they were ridiculed for the way they were doing something. Like most people, I would say the majority are just, this conversation has never started. And, yeah, that's, and, and that's why we created the book. Right, and I give them the advice, like, you know, like so you can happy. say like, hey, I've been reading this new book and it says this and that and this and could we try this? And we have two different ways in the book. One is teaching while you're having sex and one is what we call workshopping it. And, you know, so sometimes people do need to kind of do it where they're First. not trying to get to like this perfect sexual experience and they need to be like, okay, we're in a workshop. That means we have the benefit of the doubt and everybody's like, we know there's a learning curve and nothing's going to be perfect and there's probably going to be some giggling and some awkwardness and that takes a lot of the pressure off so some people can do it in that environment and other people kind of need more of that like serious container of actually going into a sexual experience to learn so it's really like finding your style that's so important Exactly, which I love that you give all those different modalities like they always say in life like take what you leave leave the rest so there's a lot there to what what you're going to grab onto so let's talk about workshopping it could you give me like a a scenario how a couple would come in and how they would workshop something I just yeah, love the example. Yeah, yeah. So I have like in my mind like an example of a couple that she really wanted like more him to be much more commanding and much more dominant and he was he didn't want to hurt her so and she wanted she didn't want to give any feedback that was part of her need is shouldn't he read my mind (laughs) i think think part of what she wanted was to really kind of be very very submissive and not to tell him what she wanted and kind of let him do what he wants she got a lot of pleasure from that um and then so i said you know like it's gonna be really hard to run the whole scene like that so let's try like you know like let's just try a little bit for a few minutes just play this chunk of how you know like how you want him to spank you or how you want him to grab you and and then give him some feedback and it was really hard for her to get out of her like 
Many people also go to kind of like trance state a little bit, like they get very inward and very connected to their body and sensations. It's really hard for them to speak. Workshopping is great for them because then you kind of do a little segment. You come out, you give feedback and say like, wow, I really liked your tone. I really liked the way you grabbed me. You know, the way you held me was really good. It was long enough and the pace was right. And now can I go back and be a little dormant again? <laughs> and they right. try a different piece. And this is the two of them, not even when they're in your, your yes. sessions. Although you probably do have sessions like that all the time where you're leading yeah. people I think that just makes so much sense we're fine we're fine I mean it, it, that's how we're going to learn how to be great lovers just keep going back at it and and I think that once people get through which is what a lot of this book and your training is the shame the trauma the fear it actually becomes like I feel like for many they enjoy it they look forward to the workshopping they actually start looking forward to sex again it becomes another shared experience like a hobby or it's a how do you explain it's like couple that learns to cook together play sports oh, yeah. together like your sex life could be just as exhilarating not yep. just in the actual act of it but the act of becoming compatible and be fulfilling each other's needs could be some of the most and, and sharing work. your deepest thing you know this is the like brings thing. you brings to really deep intimacy if you start to talk about those things that really turn you on and those like very very delicate things about ourselves that we don't dare to share anywhere else and then we start to share with our partners that brings huge intimacy it's very vulnerable we trivialize sex as though it's not that important but when you're sharing this you're sharing like you know we're talking about core wounds here and the the healing from them like you're sharing your deepest vulnerabilities and if your partner totally not just accepts them but celebrates them the level of bonding that happens in the face of that is profound you know so this is really important for intimacy And I think the other thing that I want to say that's really important is a lot of couples, like, they have really hot sex in the beginning because it's new and the honeymoon period and they're, like, uncertain and is it, you know, and they just, like, everything feels like a turn on because it's a new person. But for sex to last in long-term relationships, you have to do this core desire work. Like, you have to do the hottest sexual movie work, unless you just happen to have such amazing compatibility overlap. But I would say, you know, that's maybe 10%, maybe, maybe lower, maybe much lower. Yeah, know? we don't hear from those people. We anymore. don't hear from those people. We don't know those people, but all I know is most people I meet need this kind of work. Totally. I mean, I just think because we just don't, it's not well, you know, uh, out there. It's, it's very yeah. innovative, which is why I think you guys are like pioneers in this area let's talk about though the compatibility component again because do you find like do people come to you and they're just you you work with them but they're just not compatible they just you know totally and is it yeah i mean the first thing that we do is we we try to find a bridge to see if there's some way that they can have sex together that turns them both on at the same time or we do turn taking Right. Where they like, I'm going to give my partner everything in their movie, even though it's not mine, or they're going to give me everything in my movie, even though it's not theirs. And if you can do that generously without feeling like there's some sort of like yuckiness to it, right? Right. then that all of that can work. So we try to maximize compatibility in every possible way. And that's what the book is all about. And then we talk about, okay, so really, if you're just not compatible and with all of the work that you've done, there's no way to get you there. Then what? You know, and we have a list of different options because even if you're not sexually compatible, that might not mean you need to end your relationship. You know, we're very closed-minded in terms of, we, we're not very creative in terms of how to creative. handle those moments. Um, and so we have lots of options, you like know. what? Uh, everything, non-monogamy. Non-monogamy perhaps. is one of them, you know, just sort of like being with the disappointment and loving each other through it and staying connected in it instead of trying to make it go away or pretend it's not there. Um, and even like shifting your relationship, you know, a lot of people feel like, oh, breaking up means I lose this person completely. But what if you shift into a different 
formation in your relationship where you can stay lovingly connected. Like if you're family with someone and you don't want to lose them, you know, but you don't want to be intimate partners in that way anymore. I think there's ways to shift that don't have to break. Exactly. Right. See, it starts the And there's another, and and we also, you know, sometimes people decide not to get their heterosexual movie with each other, but move to some form of like erotic massage, give each other pleasure that's more like, you know, warm sex style right. not so like hot sex well you know? so this is the thing so let's say like I often hear people my partner's really into kink or he wants to tie me up and I'm not into it so therefore we'll never be compatible and so I just kind of point out here again the work that you do is that perhaps she this woman she doesn't know what she knows she doesn't want that and maybe she thinks she doesn't want it because what she saw in Fifty Shades of Grey let's exactly. say so we just have such a limited view but maybe A she could learn to find out that oh that actually could be really hot or maybe what we're also saying is she still might never find it hot, but she could do the work finding what she wants. And then once they're both their needs are getting met, she's like, okay, we'll figure out a way that he can spank me and then I could be ad- adored, adored and cherished. Exactly. So there is a workaround, but yes. couples just think, I got to bail if we're not. Yes. And it's surface. so sad. We don't go deeper yeah. to look at like, how could this work? Because we barely can do that when we have arguments in other areas. But yeah. when it's sex, it just... It's yeah. so complex. It yeah. is, it's very complex. And so I think also the important thing is you talked about disappointments and sitting with disappointments, which is a lot of work that I know we did when I was doing my training. Can we talk about like sitting with disappointment? It's such a great skill, I think. You think you just have... Most of us want to run. It's kind of essential, actually. To be an adult, you need to be able to deal with disappointment (laughs) because you're very very unlikely to get everything that you want in your life, right? And people are going to disappoint you again, 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 and your partner are going to disappoint you. And they not, it starts with the way they do the dishes, you know, to when they decide to do the dishes, all the way to how they have sex, you know, like there are many opportunities for disappointment (laughs) in every relationship. Every day. Every day, multiple times a day. And talking about those feelings and really not taking it like as if it's such a big crisis because everyone's disappointed plenty of time you know so looking at it as like yeah I'm kind of that's kind of that's a bummer and really be able not to be defensive around it and kind of listen to those feelings and process them and really get to a place of yeah that really sucks and then people kind of if they let themselves feel the disappointment fully and stop trying to make the other person to be what they want them to be, there's such an opportunity for acceptance and it can lead to new and creative resolutions that they could not think about before. Right. When they were trying to make it perfect right. and you're avoid st- disappointment or disappointing right. or fix every problem. Like every problem in a relationship is not fixable, right. you know, but you can actually feel and stay intimate and connected in the midst of them. So true. I, I want to ask about something that, if you can explain this somehow, is that I feel like, um, I know, that for so many couples, it's like that whole process of giving and receiving sexually doesn't really fit. Like, I feel like when we talk about, like, heteronormative sex, the, how we've all learned to have sex is, at least for me as a, as a young woman, and, and I, I'm sad to say a lot of this hasn't changed. I had a niece who came to stay with me this summer. She's 20. She was interning and I realized that even though you know she had just started listening to the podcast when she got here she wasn't ready but knew there was something Aunt M was doing that she was down with <laughs> but it was very similar like it was all about she's like Aunt M I was giving out blowjobs like it was my job and I realized that like I wasn't getting pleasure and it was all about I realized that I could have I have needs that need to be met and it's like yes that's exactly how I felt and I'm every day I'm hearing from from women a lot who are just like 
as long as I please them, it's okay if I don't have my orgasm. But then I feel like a lot of men, and I'm, I'm speaking in heteronormative terms here, but this happens with masculine and feminine energy, is that is that is there, can you teach people who have been oriented towards always receiving that yes, for example, performing oral sex on your woman can turn you on. Like it doesn't have to be a chore. Like you're looking at the clock. I went down on you for 10 minutes. How, like I always say, well, I think if someone doesn't love it, it's going to be really hard to teach them how to love it. Like unless they went into your training. Is there a way to say like, I need this. If you're fulfilling your partner, it's an extension of her or him. He wants more oral sex because that's his penis and you love all of him. And how do you, can they come together? You push, I'm sure you have examples of couples that you've learned to get off on the pleasing and not just the receiving. Do you know what I'm saying? Because mm. <laughs> no? then there's some that just can't, right? Because is that I selfishness? Think it brings is it narcissism? Us, no, it just brings us back to the core feeling, right? To the core desire. Because some people will never, would never want to give. I'm just going to say it out loud and blunt. Please. <laughs> okay. Some people would never want to give during sex and only would want to receive during sex. And it's really a matter of compatibility because other people would really want to give during sex and get a ride through that giving. And some people, I actually have a couple now in coaching like that. And at the beginning, it was all about like, they are really connected emotionally. There's a lot of like giving emotionally, but when it comes to sex, the guy does not want to go down on her. He does not want to do anything. And she needs to initiate by like kind of like starting. He doesn't even initiate. He just wants, you know, like he doesn't want to, doesn't want to feel like he's imposing anything. So she needs to take her pleasure from it. Luckily, they're very open. He's very excited about her having lovers and she has a lover and then he can join in and just get his parts and they like worked it out. But, but I had to work hard with her to help her separate between this idea that he doesn't love her and he doesn't care for her because he doesn't want to initiate sex and he doesn't want to go down on her because for her this is the feeling of being special and being right. wanted but huh. i think what you're talking to is about all of the socialization yes. and i think you know what we really for work some people, with they don't even know to yeah, try yeah what right. we work with in our training is about like empowering especially you know empowering women to know what they want sexually because we're actually taught not to know what we want sexually right. and if we do know we're sluts we're exactly yeah. and so i think you know if we're thinking about your your niece um you know she's just she's not even thought like who am i and what do i want in this realm and so she's just giving her partners might be totally interested in giving she just has never even asked for what she wants and that you know it's all automatic oh i'm getting a blowjob great well i don't know if that's gonna happen i don't have to do something they they might not come up with the idea until she says hey i really need this from you and then i think probably a large proportion of those people would be like okay that sounds great to me and maybe there would be a small proportion and be like no i don't really want to do that you know but i think it has a lot to do with the empowerment piece i think so too that's right so there are some people who might never want to go down on you like they just won't no matter what they could spend three months locked up with celeste and danielle they're never going to want to go down on you but then there's but then there's the people who who just don't don't understand it they didn't know you wanted it maybe they're afraid they're going to do it wrong so they don't do it there's just so many other workarounds and i'm actually seeing more and more you know like young young adults that really do young young men that really do want to please their partners and they're just looking for opportunities to learn how to be great lovers and they would love to jump out of their skin too so what's preventing them 
I think I think a lot of it is many women don't feel okay about being you know about someone going down between they their don't. legs because they feel dirty or they feel like oh my god why why is it, why would he want to do that women don't ask themselves why would I want to go down on him but right. they ask themselves why would he want to do that exactly. you know it is a lot of social messaging it is social messaging around. that's yeah. what we just gotta change all of that well what do you think the impact because we've all we've been this you guys been doing this for 15, 15 20 years, years yeah. yeah same 15 years what has been the impact of pornography right now on people's sex lives? How are you seeing that work into your in your work? Well, I think there's positives and negatives. One of the positives is that now that every single hottest sexual movie is put out on film and you can access it right away, people are going, oh, I'm not the only one who likes that. So it is deshamifying, right, for people who go and they find, oh, there's a lot of people who want to, like, you know, listen to balloons pop and make some orgasm. <laughs> We've heard that one. We've heard that one. Uh, Or, you know, just sort of like much more obscure kind of sexual practices. Um, And then, uh, you know, that's on the positive side. I think on the challenging side is that it's this unrealistic picture again with everybody moaning. And, you know, I've known a lot of porn stars. They're not orgasming. Right. So let's talk about that. They're not orgasming. They're not they're orgasming. If they're squirting, it's not going up like a, a fountain. Like they're adjusting their bodies. It might even be real, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I squirt like a fountain right. sometimes, but okay, you know. Right. No, but I mean the way it looks like a fix. Maybe you do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, but but, <laughs> but I'm doing it like it's in my pleasure and it's for my pleasure, right? And I think they're doing it as a performance. And that's what they're paid for, and that's awesome. But to expect that sex looks like that, you know, it's just unlikely, right? Yeah. Especially without actually talking about what you want. And you might want to have sex where you're like, oh, look at this movie. I would like to have something that looks like this. Right. And you could bring that to your partner and you could try it. But it's, you know, it's not just going to happen automatically, right. I think. And it's, and it's also like this sort of like heroin of sex, right? It's yeah. sort of like you can just go to your hottest movie and then you might not just go to sex with another person because you're not negotiating any of it. And it's like sort of like, okay, well, this is the easy route. But is it really, like I like what you're saying and I agree with you with the porn. The pros is like it shows you what's on the menu there's so much here I didn't know or maybe it makes you feel less shameful but also what if you haven't done any of the work and you flip on porn and you're like oh it's just sex and then you assume that's your hottest movie and then you have to keep escalating it but then if you do this work you might pull back and be like oh actually like (laughs) gangbangs just looked hot because I liked having all the attention but you know I don't know I just feel like it can send you down a different road though sometimes that uh, so it's maybe jump a step. What I want to say about porn, as Celeste said, it's the heroine of sex, right? Yeah, so tell it, more about it that. It totally bypasses seduction. It totally bypasses warm up. The warm up is instant. You know, like I can yeah, orgasm no, with right. porn with three minutes. It won't happen <laughs> when I do it in real sex. I need much more warm up different things so people don't learn the skills that they need in order to have real sex with real people and they are very much used to this like quick turn on and they don't know how to get turned on in a slower more embodied way can we talk about arousal and how to get more turned on in a slower embodied way because I think you just nailed it that that is specifically what I think is missing and that a lot of people are craving but they don't even have the words for it. Maybe we say it's teasing or, you know, I always say foreplay, you know, start after the last orgasm and keep going with it. Like keep or keep your pilot light lit as you often say. But what is that even, like what does that tease arousal look like? So it, it goes back to our core desires and a heterosexual movie, believe it or not, but it can be more embodied. And what I mean by that is that 
people talk to you the way you want to hear and what whatever t- turns you on people create the movie and the seduction a lot of the movies is not about necessarily just the sex itself a lot of it is about the foreplay and the way you want to be touched and the way you want someone to look at you and what kind of energy you want them to bring do you, do you want do you want it to bring like uh, you know like a desire do you want him to bring uh, a feeling of urgency do you want him to feel to, to bring this feeling of like you're so precious or anything completely different and so all those things can be very unique to every person so there's no one way of seduction right. that will work for everyone the same way right but just understanding I guess that that is might could be what missing because we're not just yes. talking about different sex positions like no, sex isn't just all. about sex it's about the entire yeah. act which I think when women are walking around saying they have low libido they have low libido they're waiting for it just to strike them over the head. Like, mm. now I'm going to be ready for sex. And that never happens. Whereas maybe their male partners are turned on right away, right? Because they're more spontaneous. So, Or a man like, might say to their, his partner, like, what do you want? But she thinks she can only tell him positions or ways of touching her. And she doesn't think, oh, I can tell him what I want is for us to go out and have a beautiful dinner together. And I want you to hold my hand and look in my eyes. And I want you to tell me that I'm the most beautiful woman that you've ever seen, right? And that is getting her pussy wet. Right, exactly. Right? And, and she doesn't realize she can ask for that. And, the, uh, you know, her partner doesn't realize that that is the the thing that's going to get her revved up and really horny, you know? So so it just, we, they miss each other. It just, it just skips it all together. Yeah. They're like, wow, we haven't had dinners in years. That could be the thing that turns, you just don't yes. even think that all think of, of these it. things are factors about having incredible healthy sex. Yeah, and we see people go on date nights and it's like, well, they go and they sit at a restaurant and then they talk about like the kids and the Morgan. It's like, that's not a date night. No. You know, that's something you can do in your living room. If you're going to go on a date night, dress up, you know, or like if you like bondage, go to a club. You know what I mean? Like, right. you make have to efforts in this make area, efforts right? that actually meet your movie. Or even talk about what your movie is. Like, at dinner, I mean, that's a good dinner. date night yeah, activity. That's a great date really night. Like, that to me is like just, that is the, the perfect date night. <laughs> yeah. And they could like take your book, come yes. together. They could read it together. Yeah, because the book has really good. I only really said 25 good, pages. Yeah. That's all I got because I know more, it's more coming. But I the book has wait. really good instructions and maybe we won't give everything away, but Don't really good step-by-step instructions on how to have the conversation because it's a very delicate conversation. And especially if there's been arguments in the past around it, you want to create a really safe space to have this conversation conversation because it can deepen intimacy or it can explode what are some of the mistakes of people that you see over and over again just like oh god that is not how you do it the mistakes that make it explode when the when the other person is telling you and you think well I don't want to do that and you start making the face of like oh that's disgusting and that's horrible instead of just going oh I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do that's beautiful you know what I mean? Like it's if you can just accept it. Like they're with, just telling me something. They're just telling them. me something intimate about themselves, and so this sort of pressure of like I have to meet every single one of my partner's needs makes people shut down around hearing the beauty of their partner's story. Mm-hmm. So that's an example. And it makes the person who tells the story shut down as well because they feel completely criticized. They see the look on the face yeah. and they're like, oh, never mind. I didn't want that. Just joking. Yeah, huh? like, Don't duck my how's, your, <laughs> how's your duck? You know? Exactly. They're like, made his face. And the, and, the, and the sad thing is, though, it just takes one kind of like people call in all the time like, well, I tried to talk to my partner five years ago. Like literally, or three years ago, and they just had none of it, and then they never bring it up again because this fateful, like, you know, uh, scorn look that we don't even know. They're just like, I'm done. I'm shut down. I'm never talking about it again. Yeah. So opening up those wounds in the past. 
this is not a quick fix. It's a process yeah. also. Yeah. Yeah. And you Good can just make like that. one bad conversation. I had a conversation with a partner the first time that we went out. We were together for years afterwards. And I had, I said something that he took to mean that I wasn't going to be turned on by his sexuality. And like, we never cleared it up. He, he said something to he you. He said he was dominant, and I said because I said I'm not really that turned in on by submissive men, which like was a generalization that isn't even true, okay. you know. But like he heard that, and he's like, "Well, I'm dominant," but he wasn't really dominant. He was actually submissive, and so like I mean, we eventually did have the conversation, and like it's a long story, and like right. we were able to have amazing sex in that realm. But it was like it just sat there in the middle of our relationship, and it just festered. And then you had to bring it up and say, "This is what I heard." Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't mean." That. So often of what we hear is not what we need yeah. to say. And like the way that he was submissive was actually really hot for me. So, you know, if we had, if like he had like not taken it so badly. But kind how of screwing ourselves into we bad do, sex, right? Like, we I kind do. of feel like I'm unfucking people from how they fuck themselves <laughs> totally. up, so they could fuck better, exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah. And also, like people get so hooked into titles, you know, like submissive, dominant. It can mean so many so different many things. things. So really, like getting to the details makes all the difference in the world, and not yeah. trying to like again, like put your own perspective on what would that look like, but really listen well, really open minded, and see. I'm curious what they're gonna say. Yeah. I'm really curious. I never heard anything about submissive. Let's right. start from scratch now. Be curious. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, let's just be curious. Yeah. Be curious. Because it's so easy for us to kind of blame our, our partner. The second they bring up sex, I'm failing you. Like, yeah. I think that's where many people's mind go to. Okay, so what you're saying is like, we're talking about this. They could read your book, but how can people, sometimes they want to see it. Like, I had the thrill of being in your course. So now what? So we are co-producers with uh, Jessica Hobby, and here she comes TV, and we are working on um, fictional series. Hopefully, it's gonna get to you know, it's gonna get to TV somehow, and gonna sold there. Yeah, and the whole point of it is to uh, create really demonstrate how different world of having sex and and really. Um, you want to say the conversation yeah, sexual relationships but also emotional relationships i mean i think we don't we don't see really good varied sex diverse sex um depicted and and we want people to be able to see like not just like it happens automatically but what is the you know the show is about two sex coaches like danielle and i and they're kind of up and coming and they're getting all of this flack from the you know anti-sex world and at the same time they're working with clients and they're seeing you know how can we create these amazing sexual experiences between these clients and then you get to actually see the sex you're actually having sex so you're watching the have sex you're, but you're watching also them. watching the build up the arousal the, exactly and the conversation. the conversation and so it's That's not just key. the automatic right it's the like how do you actually create this between people and we're showing the conversations showing the erotic conversations like the core desire conversation the hottest sexual movie conversation we're showing the emotional conversations how do you work through a challenge in, in relationship how do you have repair you know in business partnerships with in your in your dating and and marriage relationships like and and so it's very much it's going to look so different because you know you see an argument on television it's like who's wrong who apologizes how do we fix it that's what it looks like and right. it's ridiculous that's not actually how deepening of intimacy happens at all right. but it's not depicted in in film so we want all of this to be depicted in and some of it people can find on your YouTube channel right now 
Yeah, so what's what's on our YouTube channel now is um, there's short segments that actually show real sessions that we do with people, which think, is Alasomatica Sessions. Yeah. It's called Somatica Sessions. And also on uh, Somatica Sessions on YouTube, they also have the full session. We have like six or seven sessions mm -hmm. of 40, 40 minutes or 45 minutes where, where people can see full sessions with different issues that people yeah. bring. I and really that was also produced by Here She Comes. I love yeah. that you, you're providing that because I think in getting this it might seem esoteric or maybe people have never really gotten into this work I think in watching the way that you two work in just a 45 minute video they're going to get it yeah, and they're going to get your book <laughs> yes. coming together I think what people will be most surprised by is the level of intimacy and connection that we go into with our clients in a safe container you know so there's boundaries that are really clear and that means we can practice at this depth of intimacy that's you know, that helps people grow in profound ways. Just and what, that's what we do in the that, training. That's also. amazing. The intimacy. Yeah. I think intimacy is such a misunderstood word that people often think it's just sex. So of course, we're intimate, but it's like, it's actually the depth that comes from trust and vulnerability and opening up around, around everything, but specifically sex. I know. Which can be so healing. Like, I love that you have the quote early in your book. When sex isn't a problem, it's 10% of the relationship. Everything's fine. But when sex becomes a problem, it's like 90% of the problem. Yep. It takes over. So it if does. you guys heal people's sex lives in this way, I think it's so profound. And I know that you do. And I don't think people have any idea what intimacy is. I think that's a big part of what we teach, you know, because yeah. people go for like longevity, right? Like we've been together 10 years. It's like, really? Well, are you intimate at all? You know, yeah, no, like, do you talk about who you are? Do you accept the differences in each other? Do you support each other in being your unique selves? even when it scares the other person, right? Like that's intimacy as opposed to like, let's just not rock the boat. Let's all pretend that we don't have these thoughts that might upset our partner and not say them. And then intimacy just floats away. Exactly. You can stay with someone for the rest of your life and not be intimate with them at all. So we are like really about intimacy. And I think, you know, we want to help people be intimate. And, and for me, what Somatica is all about is actually helping people have as much pleasure attachment, joy, connection as possible with a, as little pain and trauma, right? Like maximize all the good stuff, minimize the bad stuff, and have it be in, in deep emotional and erotic intimacy. I love the way you said it. And it's in all of our reach. Like I'm not even asking you to buy anything, maybe the book, but like really it's communication. It's using yeah. your words in a way that it's okay. You don't know how because no one was taught these skills. Yeah, and accepting the fact that people are different, you know, as opposed to like just getting so angry that your partner isn't, just everything that you thought that they were supposed to be for you. You know, we don't complete each other. No, we don't. I always thought that was ridiculous. <laughs> if you complete me, so I'm just broken till you get there. I've just been broken, half and also, a person. And also this idea that two people were born meant for each other. You know, like, yeah, I was born me, you were born you. We might have some things in common, yeah, you know, right. hopefully. But, you know, we definitely are not born to complete each other. No, we are not. But I fact, also, I want to I say one more thing about coaching because our training is also to... You know, we, we train coaches to do this work that we're doing um, and and use the Somatica method in their practices. And I want to invite people to look at going to a coach as this wonderful thing that they can do for their depth of relationship. And it's like, you know, like people are so easy to hire coaches to go to the gym, you know, like to get like or better business, or yeah. business to get like such a better perception and better accuracy around how they do things. I look at Somatica coaching exactly the same way. You get a coach to help you get the most out of your life and uh, life and out of your sexuality. And you know, like I want it to become mainstream. I want people to say like, oh my God, let's go to see a sex coach to, to help us talk about 
about stuff that's much harder for us to talk about. I, yeah, I, you know what? I love this because I am always saying, you know, sex therapy, but, you know, and I, I always mention you guys, but a sex coach and you have them all, they can work with you or you have coaches now under that work yeah, with you. Yeah. So they could just go and could there be Skype calls if they're not in your city? Because yes. people, we cut people all over the, you know, the world. Yeah, we have people all over the world I now. Love all this. over the U.S. We have Canada. There's people. That's amazing. The How do they, they would find a coach by going to your site? Somatica Institute, find a coach near me. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you guys. <laughs> yeah. I love this. I'm so happy for the work you're doing and that it's so easily accessible or readily accessible now for people. And I think it's worth it. I think I, I don't know any couple or in, if it individuals mm. who are struggling with orgasm or struggling with right, desire, desire right child dysfunction, any of those things. Any, they have to find out what turns them on in order for any of that to get fixed. So do you think to fix a lot of these things, obsession with porn, yes. no orgasm, it's goes goes back to the core all comes theme. back to it all and, comes back and that's to how it's kind of like one solution but it's actually a very delicate personalized solution so yeah. it's not one size fits all it's actually like oh yeah you will go through your own inquiry about what really turns you on and therefore you will start to get the sex that you want and therefore you'll be turned on <laughs> yeah. that's how it works yeah. <laughs> you guys thank you so much for thank being here I have, I have five questions you. I asked all my guests so I'm going to ask Let's you all do ready quickie <laughs> questions okay Celeste biggest turn on uh, feeling special Danielle Feeling like my body is giving everything to my partner. Biggest turn off? Either. Corrected. Be corrected. <laughs> yeah. yeah, feeling like I'm not important. Uh, what makes good sex? Um, For me, getting this level of attunement and getting this like, oh, what I said now, no, don't every- correct me. <laughs> and, and so like, specific, which so is what specific. I love. Like, we can all yeah. get a little more specific. Yeah, I mean, just feeling adored and precious and desired, connected to. Uh, what would you tell your younger self about sex? What didn't you guys know before? It's mm, a great question. I would tell my, my younger self, ask for everything that you want, which is what I learned from Danielle right here. Yeah. She's really good at that. And I think I could make anything into a good situation when I was younger usually, mm-hmm. but now I get much more specific. Honestly, I would say... You've got it, girl. Go for it. Like I knew early on what I right. wanted, so right. it was really like just, just, just it. trust, trust it. Yeah, trust trust it. instincts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, this number one sex tip. <laughs> like that's been the whole conversation. <laughs> this whole show was number one. Sex tip I got. Find out what your core desire is. I got and it. Watch your hottest sexual movies. Exactly. Thank you so much, Celeste and Danielle, for being here. Uh, you can find them all at. Uh, we kind of said the website. Do you want me to go through the? Uh, somaticinstitute.com or celesteanddanielle.com um, check out their Somatica training check out their new book coming together check out their new book coming together this will all be in the show notes as well thank you for being here Celeste and Danielle come thank back you. soon thank, thank you, you so much we loved being here thank you business with Emily alright guys find me on SiriusXM Radio it's a blast like I said my one year anniversary you can find me there Monday through Fridays it's 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific and it's on channel stars 109 and you can even call in maybe you don't want to email but you want to call with your questions i am there every night monday through friday 888-947-8277 and for a free 30-day trial of sirius xm go to sexwithemily.com sxm also 
Have you not seen my new vibrator necklace? It is the Sex with Emily Vesper. It's an elegant vibrator, and yep, it's also a necklace. It's super strong, USB rechargeable, and comes engraved with one of my three phrases, I come first, turn me on, or meditate, masturbate, manifest. Just go to sexwithemily.com slash Vesper, V-E-S-P-E-R. You're gonna love it. It's a great gift for yourself. Send it to your partner. I know a lot of people have been like sharing the link. You're gonna love it. I never take mine off. And thanks to my awesome team, Ken, Kristen, Heather, Elisa, Michelle, producer Jamie, and Michael. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. Guys, what if I told you that you're not tapping into all the sexual pleasure your body has to offer? I know you think you're the master of your domain, but some of you have yet to experience a P-spot orgasm. Yes, I'm talking about your prostate, and if you haven't tried stimulating it, hear me out. Okay, if I told you there was a bag full of money through a door that you normally only exit out of, you'd march right through. This is the same concept. Lucky for you, my friends at WeVibe, have just the thing to help you find your new favorite sensation. It's a prostate massager called Vector. Vector is one of the most innovative prostate stimulators out there. It even has two stimulators, one for your prostate and one that presses against your perineum. Or, you know, the taint. Oh, you know what else is cool? You can control it with the WeConnect mobile app. And if you're worried about comfort, no need. The prostate stimulator is adjustable so you can easily find the perfect angle. You've heard me talk about WeVibe products for years, so you know all about their quality. So now it's your turn to own one designed just for you. To try Vector for yourself, go to sexwithemily.com slash WeVibe. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash W-E-V-I-B-E today.